Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about home buyer sentiment. The folks at Fannie Mae have some of the best research in the country, and last week they published their Home Purchase Sentiment Index. It's a composite index designed to track consumers' housing-related attitudes, intentions, and perceptions, using the net results of six questions from the National Housing Survey. It examines buying conditions, selling conditions, the home price outlook, the mortgage rate outlook, and concerns about job loss and changes in household income. The index increased 2.7 points in November to 91.5%, reversing the decline from last month and reapproaching the survey high set in August. Three of the six survey components increased month over month, including large increases in the percentage of Americans who believe it's a good time to buy and that home prices will go up over the next 12 months. Fully 86% of the folks in the market are not concerned about job loss, and only 14% are. 28% believe that their household income is going to be significantly higher, and only 10% see a downward trend in household income. The data guessed correctly that the Federal Reserve would not change interest rates, and that's exactly what they did. The Fed this week signaled that rates would remain steady for some time to come. The analysis mirrors what I'm seeing firsthand in several markets. We're seeing price increases at the entry level of the market, and the lower interest rates are creating conditions that enable first-time buyers to bid up the price at the entry level. There's an acute shortage of housing at the entry level, and many first-time home buyers fear being frozen out of the market altogether. This is creating frothy conditions at the affordable end of the market, even if prices at the top of the market are flat, or in some cases, slightly down. So what does this mean for real estate investors? means that we can expect some movement out of rentals into starter homes for first-time buyers. Those leaving rental accommodations will be primarily millennials who are getting married, having children, or otherwise looking to buy a first home. The construction industry is operating near its current capacity. We're seeing that some subcontractors turn down work because they have a backlog reaching well into 2021. The high cost of labor is translating into higher costs for construction. That means rising prices. The subtrades are charging more. Or, in some cases, general contractors are bringing trades from outside markets, but they have higher temporary housing costs for importing the labor. We're seeing high variability in labor costs from market to market, depending on the supply-demand balance of the construction labor force. This translates directly into construction costs, and even a few percentage points difference in construction costs can affect the price of starter homes and the financial viability of new development projects. The result is that more and more developers are building smaller homes in order to maintain affordability, and they're focusing more on density. That means more townhouses, more stacked townhouses, and more condos. In higher-priced markets, a starter home is not a detached home but a condo. The populations of both the U.S. and Canada are growing. We expect about 0.9% population growth in the U.S. this coming year and about 1.6% in Canada. That translates into demand for an additional 2.9 million people in the U.S. and about 438,000 in Canada. New construction in the U.S. is expected to maintain an annual rate of about 1.32 million units, and that's barely enough to keep pace with the population growth. In fact, not even. Even with new development in areas that have excess demand, we can clearly expect prices to rise. Areas that are losing population, like the traditional Rust Belt addresses, can expect prices to remain flat or, or even a modest decline. Sunbelt addresses where we see population growth combined with migration inside the country are seeing very strong demand, far in excess of supply. These are the market conditions that I find interesting as a real estate investor. The same short list of markets keep coming up over and over again. That includes Nashville, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, Charlotte, 
Raleigh-Durham, Austin, Orlando, just to name a few. And if you can find opportunities to acquire development land in the path of progress in any of these Sunbelt markets, you can often create tremendous amount of value. Remember, it's population growth that drives demand, and it's jobs that drive the ability to pay. So that's a quick snapshot analysis of the data that's coming from the National Housing Survey. If you're loving what you're hearing on the show, go out and tell two friends today about how easy it is to subscribe to the Real Estate Espresso podcast. The show's available on over 20 different platforms. Spread the love around. Why keep all this goodness to yourself? As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.